Jarvis, drop my needle. Hello, this is the hardcore legend Mick Foley, and if you are interested in listening to idiots, you came to the right place. Have a nice day. Woo! That's an attention getter. He's a very strange young man. He's an idiot. What we're dealing with here is a complete lack of respect for the law. Oh my God, he's an idiot. You know, of course, that you're out of your jurisdiction. Personally, I think you're an idiot. But that's the evidence in the car. But I was going into Toshi Station to pick up some power converters. Always like to keep my audience riveted. Greetings, ladies and gentlemen, friends and fiends, and welcome to Free Range Idiocy, the podcast about everything, but mostly just the stuff we like. The other night, we came to the end of the road with a wonderful little yarn, and much like the OG East Coast family, Boys to Men, ABC, BBD, represent, it went down in a little town in Jersey called Westview. That's right, WandaVision came to an end whether we liked it or not. It was the season finale of The Witch to paraphrase Donovan and basically outpace ourselves for incredibly dated references. And because it's so hard to say goodbye to yesterday, see what I did there? Tonight, we're going to pour one out and share our thoughts on WandaVision and where the MCU might be heading in this episode 59, Double Vision. No, God, please, no, no! My name is Todd, and with me, as always, is a man who once spent an entire weekend writing a heartfelt and tearful fan obituary for Abe Vigoda before realizing to his absolute shock and awe that he was still alive in the 21st century. He is the Mandy Rose to my Sonya Deville. Even though it's a dead of winter, it's fixing to get a little hot up in here. I give you the man they call Tim. Greetings and salutations again, my friend. How are we? You know, I'm, I'm doing all right. However, I do feel that I, I should give you a warning to you and to our listeners. Yes. I, I spent the, the afternoon painting, and uh, I was painting... I was so painting, is Uncle Todd seeing pink elephants in the room? Well, no. So I was painting baseboard, and then I was also painting door frames. So it, it, involved, it involved a lot of, like, bending and then standing up quickly and bending and standing up quickly. So... There's a good chance, and, and I mean, as we all know, for, for gentlemen of our age, doing that is, you know, repeatedly for like three hours is essentially the equivalent of going on like a three-day drinking and Coke bender. You mm-hmm. know, like your your brain is just rattled. So if I'm a little off, that's the reason why. If you don't, if you're talking and all of a sudden I don't respond, um, that probably means I've dropped dead. So just finish up the episode and Godspeed, you wonderful bastard. Oh, boy. <laughs> so I I just wanted to get that out of the way but otherwise i'm doing great how oh, about that's yourself good that's good i'm doing well my friend doing well <laughs> well now before we get too far into this episode i i simply must ask can you name the tag team uh i should be able to i i'm aware of these two but it is really escaping me their name one of them i remember was kind of the brawler the other is the pretty girl um I don't know. I'm going to say uh, ground and pound. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Isn't that Charles Barkley? What the heck are you doing? You're not even trying, sir. You're not I, even trying. I, I don't know. <laughs> you're, you're not even putting in any effort. Like, that's such a mail-in response. Our fans deserve better. But you oh, know what? my gosh. Wait a minute. Still, wait a minute. Wait a minute. I will, no, I'll still take my victory. I will take my pound of flesh, as, as Laura Rosalind once said, wait, and leave. It just came to me in a vision. No, it didn't come to you in a vision. It came to you via, via Google. That's why it came to you. <laughs> All right. Are you, are you accusing me of shenanigans? <laughs> Yes, not accusing, just outright stating it for the fact the fact that it is. Uh, 
the tag the tag team in question. Well, first of all, actually, give me a second here to celebrate. We got one. Mother, I'm awesome. No, you're not, dude. Don't lie. I'm awesome. I'm driving around in my mom's ride. I'm awesome. A quarter of my life gone by, and I met all my friends online. I'm awesome. I will run away from a brawl. I'm awesome. There's no voicemail, nobody calls. I'm awesome. I can't afford to buy eight balls, and I talk to myself on my Facebook wall. You know <sighs> okay, the tag team in question is, of course, Fire and Desire. I knew that. <laughs> You're wrong. You lie. <laughs> I lie, did. It came lie, to me. <laughs> lie, lie, lie. Upon a midnight clear, minus six uh, hours. <laughs> oh, my gosh. All right. Before we get too much further into this bit of idiocy, however, Tom let's, get in, let's get into some other kind of idiocy. Uh, what do we got here for the Week in Geeks, sir? The Week in so funky ah we have a few items my friend uh i, I do notice spanning Three. across uh at least two of the major franchises uh or mm -hmm. i guess maybe the two franchises we typically cover here so which will either be star wars or uh, uh marvel uh hey, first you know, one we are, a, we are a two trick pony we are well three trick <laughs> when you consider bsg but uh, hey I, we just i'm we're even better than what i thought I know, I know. Granted, my expectations are also super low, but hey, you know, I'll, I'll take it. But this comes to us by way of wegotthiscovered.com. Uh, this, this goes back a couple weeks, but I, I thought it was interesting. Uh, Darth Maul reportedly uh, returning to Star Wars very soon. I, I enjoy articles like this because uh, it, it, you know, you, you get a sense of what is uh, happening, what's going to be going on with these new series coming up. However, some of them sometimes it's like Darth Maul's coming back, but we're not sure how, you know, sort of thing. Um, and, and it could go one of two ways. Um, mm -hmm. Either he comes back as a crime lord, as we saw in Han Solo. Um, if you remember Solo, a Star Wars movie, he was uh, or seemingly is the head of the Crimson Dawn syndicate now. and uh -huh. uh, or, or he was the one pulling the strings throughout the movie. Mm -hmm. uh, so he could show up in the book of Boba Fett or uh, maybe more appropriately, there's uh, some momentum that he would be uh, the nemesis in the new Obi-Wan Kenobi show. So uh, I think either of those would be uh, cool to have him come back. He is, for me, one of the unfortunate, um, what do you call it? Uh, not coincidences. Un unfortunate um, casualty casualties of Lucas's writing, um, because I always felt he was a great new villain uh, that, that could have spanned across the prequels and who was, uh, no pun intended, Cut short. Um, oh. Hey, oh, I'm here all evening, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Try the veal. Uh, three o'clock show is completely different from the five o'clock show. But thank God for that. Nonetheless, so uh, <laughs> I mean, so, there's no improvement in quality. It's just different. Absolutely. So, so this article really doesn't get to the heart of where he could come back, but it's it's basically bringing out the fact that um, Ray Park would uh, would potentially come back. Uh, to play Darth Maul, and that it, it it seems like it might be leaning a little more towards the Obi-Wan series. However, 
I think having a force user lightsaber wielder like Maul in that sort of you know in that in, in, in that bounty hunterish gangsterish kind of world I think would be very new and different and, and fun to see play out so I, I kind of hope am, am hoping it's a book of Boba Fett sort of situation but how would that end up working out uh, because so Boba I mean uh, book of Boba Fett takes place obviously in the Mandalorian timeline which takes place few years after Battle of Endor, Return of the Jedi. So that means that Darth Maul has been gone for quite some time now. And yeah. if we're talking about... Because the thing is, like, this does have to somewhat, I would imagine, line up with, with uh, Star Wars Rebels. Because now they're pulling Ezra Bridger and Thrawn yes. in. So I'm imagining some type of continuity. And in, in Rebels, uh, spoilers... Doesn't uh, if I'm remembering right, uh, Obi Wan takes down Darth Maul. Correct. So he 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 literally kills him again, which means that if he comes back in the Book of Boba Fett, dude's back for the third time. <laughs> which would I mean you know whatever it's all space magic, but seems well, and, a little weird for that one. And, and I would think and, more the K- Kenobi show. And maybe that's why it's more leaning toward Kenobi is maybe from a consistency uh, and timeline perspective, it makes more sense mm. because uh, now I have not watched Rebels and, and I'm aware that this showdown happens between him and Obi-Wan, but I seem to have the sense that Maul is not the head of a gangster organization at that point. I'm not sure, though. No. So I, I think the Rebels stuff came before Solo and... Therefore, I think there is a bit of a continuity issue there if you try to play it out that way in the book of Boba Fett. So, actually, I would I think that Solo would have taken place before Rebels because Rebels is is not that far in advance of A New Hope. Oh, I thought Rebels was after Return of the Jedi. No, no, Rebels takes place is like the beginning of the the Rebel Alliance, I believe. I will have to go back. Oh, okay. Oh, then maybe there isn't as much of a continuity issue. But still, he doesn't seem to be that's... the head of a crime organization at that point. No, he's not. So, uh, but uh, then again, I mean, if he's if if it's a crime organization that's really basically a a tool of the empire, you know, and is kind of a a branch of that. It's more of a kind of paramilitary sort of thing than just a pure crime syndicate. Yeah, that could make sense. Yeah, but I mean, again, it doesn't have to line up exactly. It's not like everything has to be, you know, absolute strict canon because, of course, you're you're dealing with multiple decades of stuff, and at some point, you're like, like they're running into it with Luke Skywalker, like, hey, uh, he old now. How are we going right. to swing this? Right. You know, so right. I'm sure that there's going to be a little bit of elasticity, if you will. Indeed, indeed. Yeah. Although, you know, this does make me think, though, because all of these like I love the all these theories that come out and they're like, something's happening. We are really missing our call. We should have one of these websites and just come up with like bat spit insane stuff on the daily and get it like just thrown out there and profit. Like how Mm -hmm. how how are we not in on this sweet, 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 like conspiracy theory money? And the funny part is, first off, I don't know. But the funny part with this is. (laughs) That whatever we hear from these articles is still more than what I think the Peacock has going on with the new BSG series. <laughs> Correct the mundo. Again. Oh, oh, by far. By far. 
far oh more plausible. Oh, my gosh. And actually, another little a little thing here, because when you said, well, Ray Park might come back, and I'm like, oh, it can't, Ray Park can't come back. Like, he's going to be way too old for that. You know how old Ray Park is? How old is he? He's our age. Wow. That's Which, I mean, humbling. granted, <laughs> granted, I mean, you think like, oh, he can't do all this stuff. It's like, well, he's actually way more athletic than you or I have ever thought of being. So I'm, well, I'm guessing he's a little bit of stretching and he's probably ret to go. I, I wasn't going to go down this road and, and I'll be very careful to, 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 to pull away as quickly as possible. Uh, stay on target. We're too close. Um, but uh, <laughs> unfortunately, Mr. Park a year or two ago had had a had a run in with the social medias, if you know what I'm saying. And so oh, there okay. there was some there was some things going on there. And loosen up. Yeah. So that's are where I wasn't a, entirely are we clear. A Gina Carano level type event. Uh, kinda. <laughs> Right on. Say no more. I don't really per- per- personally feel like delving into that at this exact moment, shall we? Yeah. See, our show is kind of like in, in Rogue One when they're flying toward the shield to get into uh, Scarif and the shield's closing and we're trying to pull up. That That's how we are with these sorts of things. We, we, we try to skid across the shield and fly away. <laughs> Hopefully a little more successful because one of those dudes, <laughs> oof, it didn't end well. <laughs> Boom. It did not end well. Oh, All right. That was a great visual, but not a great result. Uh, next item is a quickie uh, because, yes. I mean, we'll get into this anyways because it is related to the meat of today's show, mm-hmm. which is uh, if if you happen to uh, catch episode seven of WandaVision, it did contain uh, the first mid credit scene of any episode. This was something that I think fans were, uh, you know, because as fans, they will rail about whatever they so choose, and it was a little disconcerting and disorienting when the first few episodes of one division happened and there was no mid credit scene even though the credits ran really really long it was usually like oh, 10 yeah. minutes it was crazy everybody got mentioned everybody got mentioned the yeah. people who were in the parking lot at the time that they were filming these episodes got to mention in the credits i think stevie got a peek um i, I kept looking for our names honestly oh i, I was I waiting appreciated i was waiting i feel we've contributed I think we have. But uh, there, there was a theory raised by, uh, you know, some fans that if, if you look at episode seven, uh, it is the, and, and as we'll get into, episode seven is the last of the episodes where it's framed from a, te- you know, basically it's framed out of uh, a TV series, uh, I believe mm-hmm. um, Modern Family was kind of the take at that point. Yeah. Uh, that it was it, it it would be in the 2000s or or mid 2000s kind of range where this started to be the thing in pop culture, whether it be Marvel or other movies uh, doing this sort of thing. Mm. Um, so the idea being that oh maybe they didn't do this until now because you know from a pop culture standpoint this didn't really start happening until this time frame anyways. So like it wouldn't have made sense with a Dick Van Dyke kind of episode as episode one was to have mm. mid credit scenes because it doesn't really fit the time frame of the, of that, you know, show and where it came from. So yeah. I just thought it was a little interesting uh, mention to make. Now I still, I still don't know what to make of that scene because I really don't feel like it went anywhere other than like you get to see Monica see the seller and then, you know, yeah. Pietro, uh, Fiatro at this point uh, yes. it shows up and it really doesn't do too much and I, I still given how much time I spend thinking about this stuff which is entirely too much time uh, <laughs> that yes. I still don't understand like what that really meant so I'm, I'm curious to see if that pays off anywhere else ever 
Uh-huh. Because I, I really didn't feel like it did in in this show. So I don't know. Yeah, Do it, it, it really that? just more confirmed what we saw in, in, in that episode, which was, you know, uh, and, and I don't want to get into it too much because that, that kind of gets us into the show. But yeah, true, uh, true. Monica finding where Agatha took took Wanda and then uh, and then the, co- the confirmation that the Pietro character, uh, you know, is in league with her mm. is cahoots. really about all it accomplished. I mean, it really didn't mean a whole lot. Yeah. So. Yeah, true. That that I mean, that's enough for it. I guess I'm I'm always the the bar has been set so high with, with Wandavision yeah. in terms of like some of the little Easter eggs and and how the minutia that people have been going into, which we will get into a little bit later. Uh, that I was I was looking for like every little bit of layer of meaning, and uh, yes, as we will as we will find out, some of that uh, you, you that is a fool's errand. Get used to disappointment. Yes, I have some comments about that later. Oh, I'm sure you do. Sure you do. And finally, a topic which I know is near and dear to your heart, sir, uh, is quite frankly, Marvel is unloading with both barrels uh, this year. It was a quiet year last year on the content front from Marvel. The year without Marvel. We were without Marvel. Uh, A lot of stuff getting canceled with uh, the pandemic raging and uh, this year and next year are set to be uh, a lot of activity from Marvel and a lot of uh, the content that was, you know, scheduled uh, that would have been out by now had things remained uh, as they were is going to be coming at us fast and furious. So, yes, I don't know the how only... you want to do this. Did, did you want to walk through some of these and the dates or, or, or what? Well, the only thing I'd, I'd like to respectfully disagree with is uh, yes. I, I believe you, you didn't quite lean into your metaphor quite hard enough. Uh, both barrels, I feel, is, is really short-selling this. I think that they're they're showing up with, like, the Jesse Ventura backpack Gatling gun from Predator. <laughs> Son of a bitch is dug in like an Alabama tick. You're hit. You're bleeding, man. I ain't got time to bleed. Oh, okay. That's the feel that I'm getting with 2021 and Marvel mm-hmm. because this is unprecedented. I mean, we've been getting like two, I think there might have been one year where we got three Marvel movies. And the TV shows were never kind of a huge deal because they existed in this other little universe. This year is like, oh, I'm going to just leave this here. Thump. I mean, I mean, mm. what do we got here? We got, what, four movies? four shows i mean it's insane when you get into all of this i mean yeah go let's let's run run it down run it down just part, let me, let and, me and, bask and before, in the glory of this before i run it down part of it I, in, in a way makes sense though because there was content that was coming last year and in a way it's been yes. sitting in the hopper so black, and you're speaking there of black widow <laughs> yes um, well, well, Black Widow, but we knew about, you know, WandaVision was going to be coming and Falcon and the Winter Soldier were going to be coming. I thought those were going to end up being more like fall 2020 kind of shows. Um, and yeah, they got, they one got of pushed them was off. supposed to be, I believe. Yeah, okay. one of them was. But even still, that's. Yeesh. But I'm wondering if it's one of those cases where, you know, like like much like with The Mandalorian, you, you had a show that you got it like 95 percent filmed and just needed to do like post-production on it kind of thing. And so, yeah. Uh, you know, for some of these shows, maybe once it became safer for them to, you know, properly kind of film it without, you know, folks, you know, being at risk of, of getting COVID and stuff, mm-hmm. that uh, they, they were able to, to, to knock out the remaining, you know, content that they needed to, 
fulfill the season. But yeah, I mean, Black Widow yeah. was ready to be released last year, and I think it just sat, you know, because the theaters were closed. So. Yeah. Uh, and, there, and there really wasn't a model yet in terms of the streaming services of whether people were going to put movies out or not. So, And I I've, um, I think I read a rumor. Another, again, we got to get in on this rumor business, man, because there's got to be some money to be made there. And and we are damn sure not making it on this show. Uh-huh. <laughs> and and uh-huh. rightfully so, quite honestly. Maybe we can find another scam where we can milk a few dollars. Draw me money! But I'm, I, I heard the rumor that, or the thought that Scarlett Johansson might have had like a piece of this movie, like the the back end coming off of a theatrical release, and that some movies do. It's like in the contract that it it has to be theatrically theatrically released. Yeah, yeah. And and because of the money and all that, it has to be somewhere in theaters right. in order for it to happen. Right. Um, that is at least the the rumor that I heard at one point. Yes, sir. And with that being said. Mm. Uh, I'll run down a few of these. So 2021, we're talking, folks. Uh, March 19th, now that WandaVision is wrapped up, March 19th, Falcon and the Winter Soldier begins. Yes. Do it. May 7th. Do you want me to just keep rolling, or you want to talk oh, about each no, one? No, no, no. Just I just I want to bask in this. I want to take All like right. a bath in this in this wonder that is Marvel MCU. So two months from now, May 7th, Black Widow. Do it. Finally. Yes. Returns. <laughs> a, year, a year in the making. A uh, month after that, June 11th, Loki. Do it. Yes. Oh, that's going to be so good. Loki, which which may be interesting. Maybe it has some tie-in with, with Wanda. I don't know. But uh, it, 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 it will be interesting to see what this whole time variance authority thing is all about. We shall see. All I know is we've got Tom Hiddleston and Owen Wilson together. Wow. I don't even care if it's like just one scene per episode. That's just going to be fan-freaking-tastic. Mm-hmm. July 9th. Uh, the the month of of my birth, uh, Shang Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. Mm, do it. And then November fifth, uh, and this one I believe was also a delay from twenty twenty. I believe this was supposed to be out last November. Uh, the Eternals. Do it. Which yes. boasts quite the potent cast of Richard Madden of Game of Thrones fame, Kumal Nanjiani, uh, who else? Sama Hayek. Um, oh wow! Don Lee, Gemma Chan, Leah McHugh. Uh, one of I, I'm looking at a picture of them. One of them is from The Walking Dead, so I, I know she's from there. Uh, some of them I'm not sure. Kumail is uh, Nanjani is from uh, Silicon Valley. He was hysterical. So okay. I'm curious how he's going to be in, in a Marvel movie. I mean, it seems like almost all of Hollywood at some point will have been in a Marvel movie at some point. <laughs> Oh, yeah, because, I mean, we, we're hitting that point where even, like, some people who you'd be like, no, it would never happen. Like, uh, you know, like, uh, Kate Blanchett was the one that I was right. like, really? Okay. Sure, why not? But, I mean, you've already you've got so many different people who have already been in these that now it's kind of the thing that a lot of people want to do. And, and a lot of people want to do it, like, these, these kind of uh, actors who I'm not going to say are older, like, our age, uh, you know, who who have kids now, they want to do these so that their kids can see them in something yeah. that yeah. you know they're like, hey, look, my mom's in you know this or my dad's in that. That's, oh, that's and, cool. and I forgot Angelina Jolie. She she of course is is part of that. Really? Yeah. See, I haven't looked at a lot of the casting for these, so I'm uh, that's kind of cool. And then we've got a what was it the the Miss Marvel uh, cartoon? 
Mm-hmm. I think is coming up. That's like the kind of the fourth one. Although I mean, we're that's getting like a de- there. We're getting there. We oh, keep I'm going. sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, Go ahead. December seventeenth, Spider-Man three. Do it. And all I have here is late 2021. There's going to be, I think it's a show. Well, a uh, Hawkeye. Do it. Oh, that's right. So uh, I, th- you know, I can't tell from the description. Yeah, I, it may be a show. Could be a movie. I don't know. I believe that is a show. Okay. Yeah. But I believe it's going to be a show about Clint Barton and I think his daughter. Yes. Yeah, uh, I think that's that's the way it's headed. And then in late 2021, we get to Miss Marvel. Do it. Yes. Which uh, then they're springboarding because I believe the the actor who is pl- who is voicing Miss Marvel is also going to be the actor who is playing her in live action because I think okay. they're going to try and carry that forward. Nice. Nice. But I I would I mean the thing is you also have to grain of salt with all this like the last couple of the couple things there as we all saw last year stuff could get delayed so those could get pushed back mm-hmm. you know into into 2022 but again that even that's pretty well loaded with stuff so can't do too much funny you should say that because march 25th of 2022 is when dr strange and the multiverse of madness is supposed mm, to come out. that's gonna be sweet do it it shall thor love and thunder Oh, I'm so ready for that. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm so ready for that. Do it. And that's going to be interesting because that's the Taika Waititi directing, uh, directing of Thor. Uh, yep. And Jane Foster is rumored to be taking up the mantle of the God of Thunder. So it will be interesting to see how that plays out. Yes. Um, and July, I really, I really oh. like how Taika Waititi has been very adamant when people start referring to Jane Foster as Lady Thor. He's like, no. She is Thor. There's no Lady Thor. She's Thor. I'm like, yes. You tell him, Taika. You tell him. Get him. And then uh, July 8th, Black Panther 2. Again, this is in 2022. Uh, that feels like that pro- That might not ha- I don't know. November 11th, Captain Marvel 2. Mm-hmm. Uh, in late 2022, the Guardians of the Galaxy Holiday Special. <laughs> And then, uh, and then these are not dated, so we we don't know when these will be happening in 2022. Uh, and, and this uh, this article is from Polygon.com. I want to make sure I give credit where it's due. Uh, mm-hmm. We have Moon Knight, She Hulk, uh, and then in 2023 is supposed to be Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three. Mm. Uh, and then the ones that are announced but date unknown is Ant Man and the Wasp, Quantumania. So we'll have another Ant Man movie. And then as as Uncle Todd has been prone to get excited about the fantastic four mm-hmm. marvel oh. produced version will be uh coming to us so yes uh, we have blade secret and Inv- oh my gosh this, this list is never ending man oh no they've they've got it blocked out There's, like they ha- i think they have the first x-men movie on there and it's like yeah iron heart five Wars. years from now <laughs> I, uh no i don't see x-men anywhere oh I really see, i yeah oh. i am i am groot is the last one so there's a ton of content coming, man. It's incredible. Oh yeah, it's incredible. Yeah, Disney is going to own us all. Yes. Really? They're that's it. They're they're gonna have all the money. I mean, well, eh, they're gonna need all the money because you know when the mouse hasn't been able to get people into them packs, mm-hmm. it's uh, been a little rough. Time to start leaning on the uh, depth of content. So. Yes. Yes, indeed. And that, my friend, is an extended once again or normal version of the weekend. <laughs> I was going to say, that's about normal. I don't know if we could really call it extended anymore. Oh we need gosh. to whittle this down to like one item and maybe we'll get in and out in 10 minutes. Who knows? 
All right, so uh, let's get into WandaVision here because we, we talked a little bit last episode, uh, previously on Free Range Idiocy. Uh-huh. We, uh, we talked about episode seven, which uh, we, I don't think we need to go too far back into a lot of that, uh, which leaves us with episodes eight and nine. Mm-hmm. Um, so what were your thoughts on the final two episodes of WandaVision? Uh, really enjoyed them. I, I liked how I liked the lately like, like, basically looking back at the flow of the entire season. I really like what they did because at no time was this show locked into a formula. It, it mm. changed every episode. Uh, you could say there was some commonality in the first four episodes which were, or, or sorry, first three episodes where mm-hmm. we were watching just a, a different time period, but but really Wanda and Vision operating within a sitcom and mm-hmm. just seeing over those three episodes, things start to break down a bit. Mm. Uh, you know, episode four was, I think, completely in reality and really was kind of retelling, you know, from, from the uh, government agents perspective who are trying to make heads or tails of what's going on in Westview what mm-hmm. we've been seeing as as the viewers and then you know we continue in five six and seven to get the same format but it's it's slowly breaking down you yeah. know what i mean and 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 it's and it's just it's you know the the sitcom format is there but it really isn't the focal point anymore and and we're not really seeing the same kind of interactive model that was going on in the early episode so when we got to eight and nine you know eight was fantastic because that was just a total you know, st- like just a, a way to move the story forward with Agatha kind of doing this. Um, this is uh, your life. Yeah. Like, like a, this is your life or, or, or a Jacob Marley, you know, with, yes, with screw yeah, sort of thing, yep. walking Wanda through these traumatic events in her life. And, you the know, ghosts the ultimate, of Wanda past. Yes. With the <laughs> ultimate goal of trying, you know, her, her, her goal is to try to understand how, Wanda can wield this this magic the way that she's doing it and and finding out that you know Agatha has has been around for quite some time mm-hmm. um, and you know that that her her main power is absorbing the magic of others and so mm-hmm. you know clearly her 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 uh, vision if you will or her mission is to you know understand uh, she's kind of teaching a little bit uh, in the process and then, really is is you know trying to to just get to the heart of how is Wanda able to do this stuff and how does she get possession of it mm. uh, and so we kind of move really out of the sitcom mold in these last two and really it's just you know some good storytelling that's just based in the you know in the hex in what's going on we start to get a little bit more of a, a deeper view into into Wanda's life as a child and seeing you know how foundational those shows were and why we started to see what we saw in the beginning of the series. So I, I, I thought it was a great way to kind of circle back to the beginning of the series and why we saw what we saw from her. But then to answer questions like, okay, it became a hundred percent clear that this was all a creation of from Wanda because mm-hmm. of her grief yeah, and, and to see that she was really behind it, but that Agatha was there in the background pulling strings and kind of making things happen, you know, in certain ways for certain reasons, you know, to kind of get it to a place where she could finally inquire of Wanda, like, what, how are you able to do this? And how can I 
get control of it. So, um, yeah. So yeah, I, I I thought it was. I mean, that's really more about eight. We can get into nine more in a second, but that, that that's really what I enjoyed about eight. Yeah, and I there was a uh, so I rewatched that episode before we began recording, and there was I do really like how the entire the entire thing boils down to essentially seeing Wanda's tragic life. Yeah, just unfold, and then she gets to Westview and has that deed, the property deed, mm-hmm. and uh, you know this was supposed to be their home, yeah. and then for it all just to let go, and it, it is this explosion of grief. Yeah. It's the only way I can put it. It's just this like it's just like this atom bomb, mushroom cloud explosion of grief that just goes outward and transforms everything. And yeah, I mean, it comes back to it's all a creation of Wanda. Yeah. And I, I like that because it really does kind of reflect in that, you know, well, how can you do all these things? How can you how can you manage all that? And the I, but the, the, the funny thing that comes out of this is that I started thinking a little bit about is that when they talk about mutations in the Marvel Universe, and especially if you kind of look at what happens with uh, with uh, Deadpool, where basically they try and they expose you to something and then they expose you to stress and and stress or in the terms of of mutants traditionally it's like puberty which that's stress yeah (laughs) Yeah. the human body uh just ask any teenager that you happen to know Mm. and they'll be they won't they won't tell you about it but the eye roll will tell you everything (laughs) you need to know so but this idea that like these events were brought out by stress like the the first time yeah. that it's thought that she used magic was on that bomb that she had talked about in previous you know in age of ultron and and that you know we see we see it play out and i mean my gosh in a heart-wrenching kind of like jarring fashion where it's like oh everyone's watching oh well, crap what happened and yeah. you know parents are just gone but it's like it's brought out by the stress of that situation and then of mm-hmm. course with her just being able to do all of this as as Agatha is saying you have magic on autopilot you know like how are you doing all this she's able to do all this and it's because of just that that grief and the stress that it caused Mm -hmm. that's kind of the way that mutation has traditionally worked in the Marvel Universe so I'm a little curious there and then the other thing that was a little bit weird to me in 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 those flashbacks which kind of it might be nothing because, again, we've read into this way more than we probably should have. But her accent is gone in all the flashbacks. Did you notice that? Except for like when she was a little child. That one, her, of course, the kids talking in an accent. Yeah. But then yeah. when when you go into um, when she's at Avenger, the Avengers complex, and then when she is, uh, what's the one after that? Even actually was at, at the Hydra place. I think she was she had the accent mm-hmm. but when she was uh when she was at the avengers complex and then when she went to sword to to see vision's body right there's no right. accent she's using her it's like the american tv accent that she had right which i know that they they had that whole like oh that accent really comes and goes doesn't it i don't know something about that seems a little off to me uh, yeah. and it probably is nothing or or is agatha in some ways manipulating her or is Wanda kind of showing Agatha something that she wants her to see. I don't know. I have no idea. But that was kind of something that stood out to me. But yes, wonderfully done episode. Wonderfully done. Heart-wrenching. My God. And that scene with her and Vision where, 
you know, that whole like, you know, but what is love except grief? Um, or what is grief? I, what but, is grief? But, but but love persisting. Yeah, I mean, or persevering. In some, in some ways, that can be an extraordinarily cheesy line. But good lord, they they earn that moment. And of course, it doesn't hurt that you you know Paul Bettany just you know chewing up that scene and that, delivering that it with such total, earnestness was great. Yeah, like like that line in in a lot of other characters' mouths, like you said, would have sounded a little cheesy. But you know. That that was a total vision line. I mean, if you go back and I mean, just just look up the clip of when when Vision kills the last version of Ultron and, and mm. the conversation they have, it, it very much had the same kind of tone to it. Like Vision has always had this sort of very, you know, for for, for being a, a, a synthesoid in this universe has always been very empathetic and deep when it came to the way he processes things and and the suggestions he makes when he has these sorts of conversations with different characters and so it felt very much in the same vein as as all the other sort of conversations he's had you know with with other characters when when they've had the the moment to kind of breathe and to and to be able to get into depth and so yeah I mean it was it was a complete you know uh, a complete continuation of, of just that that thread with with the way vision is always you know for for not being human, he he seems to understand it really well. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, well, but then again, you you also think about all the observation he's done as Jarvis and all that. It it, it makes sense. But yeah, I mean, you're totally right. Totally yeah. right. Well, and and the other thing I wanted to call out is like you mentioned um, that scene with the parents where you you got to understand and and I think a lot of us can relate to this the the comfort we find in entertainment mm-hmm. and the fact that. You know, when they were playing that that Dick Van Dyke episode that they were watching as a family, what a masterful job they did to kind of draw you in and really understand, like, this is where she was her happiest. This is where she felt the most comfortable. Yeah. And then, man, the way that they just brought that the the missile hitting the building. I mean, it was just like it, it just it was just perfectly done because it just hit you like a ton of bricks, you know? Yeah. I mean, it was it was heavy. And. And, and, you know, it, again, it, it was their way of explaining why we saw what we saw from the beginning of the series. And, you know, I kind of feel like these last three episodes are really about Wanda kind of understanding who she is and, and coming to terms with who she's going to become. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the whole thing, like you mentioned, with, with, you know, Agatha kind of leading the witness, so to speak, when she sees, you know, her and her brother like there by the missile and the fact it didn't go off for two days and her questioning that. And that mm. that was interesting because our up until that scene, our entire understanding of Wanda and her brother were that they got their their powers from the Infinity Stones. Yeah. And that they didn't have any power before. And Agatha's kind of saying, No, you've had this power from the time you were really little, you actually were the one, you know, she was heavily implying that she was the reason why that missile never went off. And yeah. so that was just something totally new. So it sounds like they're, they're kind of reframing Wanda's character a little bit that way and, and giving her this in, innate ability that she's really always had, but the mind stone kind of amplified and brought out. Yeah. And I wish I knew more to, to say whether or not that is, kind of how it plays that's how it played in the comics or if this is just trying to graft a couple of versions of Wanda because I mean anyone who's read any comics for any amount of time knows that 
you know, they, continuity can change, you know, depending on who the writers are and, and things can just change right. on a dime and it, you just have to kind of learn to roll with it. So I don't know if it's a, this is a pure storyline or if they're grafting a couple things together, but man, it does, it does give a lot more depth to a character who really, again, I forget what the, what the number was, but someone went and added up all of her screen time in previous movies and it wasn't that much. Yeah. I mean, she was actually... It was. I don't even think she had as much screen time as one episode of Wandavision, which is oh, kind of yeah. crazy when you think about it. Yeah, she she was really a a side character, and really we when we really saw her it was only with Vision, mm-hmm. primarily. So um, yeah, she she's kind of not been given really a focus, and this was really smart on Marvel's part to do, to do that. Yeah, and and again, kind of realizing that because you know when when I watched Endgame. And I was kind of explaining it to my wife because she she kind of watches the movies, but you know is also on her phone because she's like, I can't believe I'm watching this dorky stuff. But then she'll get pulled in, then she'll tune back out for a little while. And and she was, you know, I, she was like, Well, where's been where's Captain Marvel been this whole time? Like, well, they kind of have to keep her out of the way because she is like just so powerful. Like the movie would have ended. Right. <laughs> earlier on if Captain Marvel had been involved in this right from the very beginning. Right. So they kind of have to bring her in at the end. But then to kind of look at it and go, oh, well, wait a minute. Wanda could have, like even the Russo brothers, basically saying that, yeah, Wanda was the was the closest to actually being able to take out Thanos one-on-one. And, Mar- and Captain Marvel went one-on-one mm-hmm. with Thanos as well. So it kind of says a lot that now you're like, ew, okay, I guess... Scarlet Witch is going to kind of now be right up there with a character like Captain Marvel, who is like universally (laughs) powerful, you know? Well, and there's a statement made in episode nine that I think is kind of interesting. We can talk about in a moment. Yeah. So let's, let's get in and and, well, actually, and then, uh, well, just one last eight. Yes, please. Well, you, you go, but one last thing on eight when you're done. Well, so in episode eight, we get the, the post or the mid credit scene. Um, and we get, a little something that makes me think that eh, I don't know. I don't necessarily know that Agatha is pulling all of the strings because then we get uh, uh, Mr. Hayward uh, showing us a brand new uh, albino version <laughs> of Vision, and <laughs> and using the the drone that they sent into the hex to jumpstart him, which is the best way I guess I can put it. Yeah. Um, and get him back online, which is very interesting when they. When you then go back to his remarks earlier, when Wanda is at Sword, that you're the only you're the only being who has the power to bring her significant other back online. I mean, mm-hmm. back to life. Right. It seems like Tyler's had a plan on this. So now, now I then start wondering: Okay, how legit is that house deed? Is that really yeah. from Vision or not? Or did he yeah. know that? And I, I'm a little. I'm curious how that all plays out eventually down the road, if it goes anywhere or if it was just kind of a convenient sort of happenstance. I did read a rumor that... Of course you read a rumor. We've got to get in on this, sir. We've got to do this. It's a business... money to be made. Draw me money. It's a business opportunity for us. But I did read a theory that when you saw that scene, the left hand comes up and he kind of looks at it. Mm-hmm. And there were some fans, uh, or, or it was just being reported, that some were theorizing that when you look at Ultron's last body, 
mm-hmm. before Vision takes him out, uh, he's missing his left arm. And so there were some that thought that this, and this ended up not being the case as we saw in Nine, but there were some yeah. that thought that this was going to be the reincarnation of Ultron. Ah. And that when he came online, he was looking at his left arm because, well, I didn't have one of these when I last was around. So. <laughs> Where did this come from? <laughs> but um, but just real quick, my, my last, I mean, that, that that was a very, very cool mid-credit scene to, to kind of establish mm. what was to come in 9. Um, I, I just liked at the end of 8 the fact that really Agatha just kind of, you know, much like hap- like what happened in Seven, where she was kind of the exclamation mark on that episode. You know, we, we end that episode with, you know, her having the kids captured and, and making the declaration that Wanda is the Scarlet Witch. And now it's becoming clearer that, because all through the movies when we did see Wanda, it was always kind of, she was always kind of referred to as the Scarlet Witch, but never in the movies. You know, like that's yes. not what they called her. She was just Wanda Maximoff. Yep. And this was, at least to me, I felt eight was kind of the the mission statement of what nine was meant to be, which was her becoming the very thing, like much we saw in 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 the flashback with, you know, her at at, at Hydra base, and mm. when she got face to face with a Mind Stone, seeing this this visage of what would eventually be the Scarlet Witch, yeah, you know, kind kind of similar to um, X Men with. Um, God, I'm I'm gonna forget now the the Phoenix. I'm forgetting which character, but oh, um, Jean Grey. Yeah, how Jean Grey becomes the Phoenix. You know, like this idea mm-hmm. that you see what you're about to become, or or what you will eventually become, in kind mm-hmm. of a vision. So I, I I just thought it was interesting that you know we went from seven, which established Agatha as as really the primary antagonist, to then in eight Agatha, you know, really saying you are the Scarlet Witch, and then nine being the facilitation of that transformation for Wanda into that yeah and actually one more thing on episode eight because really uh, the bulk of the episode is Elizabeth Olsen and Katherine Hahn and we've I mean Elizabeth Olsen has just been very good very good in this whole thing but man Katherine Hahn just owning uh-huh. episode eight it oh, was yeah. like just a little looks just a little expressions like as as the whole thing with the uh, there was one point where oh it was the it was the scene where where Vision does the whole you know what is grief but love persisting or whatever, and and you see that you see Agatha do the little thing like she she kind of like just picks at her corner of her eye like oh my gosh, <laughs> <laughs> totally I, I think that's also a part of why that worked because yeah. they let you off there like they don't sit there in that kind of saccharine sort of moment they give you a little something. To like be like, yeah, it is a little cheesy. We get it, but right. vision is it, but it fits the character. But to give you a little kind of a pressure relief there was great, and I yeah. thought she was so good in that episode. Even down to the, like even starting off when they when the you know when it's back in like you know Salem, Massachusetts, sixteen blah blah blah, sixteen tickety talk um, was uh, was great because you know she's playing it up, playing it up, playing it up, and then and then all of a sudden they're like you know no you you aren't and she just turns like so yeah <laughs> like just yeah. turns on a dime and just like kind of the way that she played that whole scene was really great. I just I thought she was f- wonderful in that episode. Oh yeah, she she was fantastic throughout the whole series when she was in. I yeah, mean, there were episodes early in the season where she w- really wasn't around a whole lot, you know, and so. No. It, it, it was. It was really, uh, you know, she, she was a revelation. She did a fantastic job. And, 
just yeah, the the way she plays out in these final three episodes, um, really becoming the villain, but you know, not not in the traditional sense. And well, we'll we'll get to it in nine. She's Wanda's not done with her yet. So no, and actually, quick question, because I I uh, again, we never really got an explanation of what person Jimmy Wu was looking for who was in the witness protection program in Westview. Ah, but true. where we didn't see Agnes, a.k.a. Agatha, in the in the kind of in the well, actually, no, she was in the first episode. So was she already in Westview? Was that the person that Jimmy Wu was supposed to be in contact with? Was she kind of just like hiding out or did she show up very soon afterwards as she sensed like this thing happen? Like this, 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 just this bloom of grief and just chaos magic exploding outwards. And did she just like, I got to get there? I, because she did say at one point, you know, sensing it or something right. along those lines. I wonder if she was there or if she somehow got in there. And if she did get in there, how did she mean? I mean, of course, she's, you know, magical, but how did all that work? You know, what's right. the timeline of Agatha being in Westview and how did that all work? Right. I'm just a little curious about that. Yeah. You know? and, and and we're not really told. I mean, no. it, just, it sounds like she, yeah, she shows up because, as you said, she detects this magic being put out there. And but at the same time, it's yeah, it raises some questions It's like, how did she get into the hex to begin with? Because clearly it's difficult for anyone to kind of get in or out. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, so there's, there's still some questions around that. Was Ron Moore consulting on this because they have a lot of threads hanging. It feels familiar. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Where was Starbuck th- this time? I wonder. I was still waiting for the Adama jump before the series ended. Yeah, that was, that was not going to happen. Uh, Should have. Alas. Alas. Should have. Well, I mean, that's. I make that case for every single show, whether it's Jump. sitcom, drama, or whatever. The Adama maneuver would always fit, I feel. Make but no mistake, this could be a one-way trip. <laughs> Very well played, sir. Sorry. I, I can tell. I can tell. So episode nine, then, of course, is is the, the finale. And I think the big question I've got for you is, well, actually, two questions. Was it what you were expecting, and was it satisfying? It was not what I was expecting. I think a lot of the rumors, I think, it, here's, here's what, I, what I'm kind of walking away from with the, unexpect, the, the, the unexpectedness of what played out. Mm-hmm. When you brought in, um, forgetting the actor's name, let me look it up real quick. When you brought Evan in- Evan Peters? Evan Peters as, you know, with, with kind of giving a nod to the other X-Men series of movies- as mm-hmm. Quicksilver, it it started to lean, I think, a lot of fans in the direction of, okay, this is how the multiverse is going to start. Mm-hmm. And then, not the problem of the producers or directors of this show or, or you know writers, but the knowledge that the next Doctor Strange movie is going to most likely involve Wanda Maximoff. Mm-hmm caused a lot of us to make connections that we really had no business making in the first place ding ding <laughs> i mean am i right because because oh no you are so right I, I, I was doing i'm just as guilty as anybody i so so i say that it was unexpected because we didn't see any sort of 
or sorry, we saw closure to the Evan Peters fake Pietro character, but just not in the way we were expecting. Hilarious, by the way, yeah. but yeah. not the way we were expecting. So, so I think you know that that whole thing with with Pietro and and you know getting fans to think, okay, uh, this is how they're going to weave the X Men into Marvel. This mm. is how we're going to start seeing the direction things are going in with Wanda and Doctor Strange. This is how, you know, blah, 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 blah. I mean, there, there was just all of these things that were kind of playing. Like, everyone is, like, waiting for the, for, for the trigger to be pulled on the multiverse, and it hasn't happened yet. Yes. And that's okay. You know, I mean, but, but it led to, and this is what I was talking about earlier, I, I really feel like if, if fans walked away unsatisfied, which is a different question from, you, you said expectation versus satisfaction. If you walked away unsatisfied, I think you weren't getting the point of the overall series. Agreed. And, 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 and I really feel like it, this was the series because I don't know how they go back and do another division at this point. Yeah. No, it would be something different. Yeah. So was it satisfying? I found it very satisfactory when I took a step back and said, this entire story was Wanda's journey in dealing with her grief. Mm-hmm. It had nothing to do with the X-Men. It had nothing to do with multiverses. It was simply about her working through that, but also coming to the realization of who she is supposed to be. Mm-hmm. And yeah. when you look yep. at it from that lens, they freaking nailed it. Oh, yeah, totally. I mean, I don't know if they were intending to, uh, to and to go back to our wrestling roots here, I don't know if they were intending to swerve us, but damn, it func- it functioned that way. Oh yeah, <laughs> it, it really did. No, I was I. It was definitely not what I was expecting, but it was it was very satisfying. So I'm I think I'm falling right in line with you. I was, even though it was not what I was thinking the last episode was going to be and tying it all up the way I thought it was going to be, I couldn't help but be satisfied with that. Yeah, I, I, I really couldn't. Even though I was like ah, and I I mean there's some nits that I have to pick, but nothing that I think dramatically changes my opinion of the show as a whole right and and the story and the quality with which they did it nothing absolutely and and yeah i mean it you know looking at nine i you know i was a little disappointed we didn't get more monica i was a little disappointed you know darcy was complete i mean she she had like five seconds on screen Mm -hmm. jimmy woo 30 seconds on screen (laughs) (laughs) yeah but you know so so i think the the some of the side characters took a back seat and you maybe wanted to see a little bit more from that. But at the end of the day, it was about her kind of evolving into the Scarlet Witch. It was about Mm -hmm. her finally letting go and not just with vision, but with her, you know, with her children because they, they could not exist outside of this. And then Mm -hmm. realizing that the right thing to do was to retract the hex and, and to return things back to normal because she had been doing a number on all the citizens of Westview. Yeah. And that was closure, you know, and, and it was done very poetically and very artistically done well, but that was the point of it all. And so if anyone comes away from it, like, Oh, that was awful. And they didn't pay off on things they said they were. It's like, well, you know what? They really didn't promise this stuff. Yeah. You know, like I think we, we I, just read yeah. too much into it. 
Yeah, I think I think it's you're exactly right. People, if you were unsatisfied with it because you're like, oh, they didn't give us a multiverse, they didn't lead us to this and this and this, it's like, you know what? You, then you were your expectations weren't in the right place. Then you misunderstood what the show was, and quite honestly to then kind of defend that opposite point, it is it was going to be tough to misunderstand this show. Right. Because for the first couple episodes, ever, I mean, I think everybody was like, what the hell is this? <laughs> I think that was a pretty common sentiment for everybody who was watching the show. Uh-huh. And so I think it's easy to misunderstand it, but I think that was also, it was also part of the charm of it for me, mm-hmm. is that... I, there's so few things that are unexpe- that give you something completely unexpected, especially when you have the dollar amount attached to it, like like anything Marvel has. It's very rare that you get you get something unexpected, and you right. can say, "Oh well, they killed Tony Stark." It's like nah, you could kind of see that coming, you know. You could kind of see that some of these characters were not going just because you knew, you know, oh their contracts are public and all, and then the rumors, which again we need to get in on. Not the legit ones. We can just make up our own stuff. But it's rare that you get you get something totally unexpected and that doesn't go the way that you think it's going to go when you're dealing with stuff that costs this much money. Yeah. And and that yeah. I, I love that about it. I, I really enjoyed that about this show. You know, even down to the things like it doesn't necessarily wrap up in a, in a happy little bow. Like at the end, it's kind of like the anti-Wonder Woman 84. You know, as she's coming back through the crowd at the very end after... You know, kind of like retracting the hex and all that. Town folk aren't just like, hey, you know what? Everything is fine now. No, they're yeah. pissed. They're still very pissed. I mean, they're they're kind of they're wary of Wanda, and you know, rightfully so. Right. But you can see the expression. Like, there's anger there. They don't they don't like her, yeah. and they know that they really can't do anything to her. But right. you know, they don't like her. Right. So it's not like, oh, just everything is fine now. Like, no, there's consequences to this. Yeah. You just you just held a bunch of people hostage for quite a long time and turned them into human, you know, meat puppets. Eh, that's going to leave a that's going to, you know, kind of sit in people's craw for a little bit. Mm-hmm. But yeah, no, I was I was I was very satisfied uh, with the ending because especially given how episode eight went and then the way that they kind of cinch things up at the at the uh, at at the end of nine. Oh my gosh. Just the, like it kind of gives you an insight into just how tragic Wanda's life is mm-hmm. and has been and gives you a little dose of that, which is like, oh, that's horrible. Like the whole thing of like putting the kids to bed and knowing that, <laughs> sorry, those kids are going away. Right. And then the, right. the whole goodbye to vision. It's like, oh, jeez. Yeah. Man. Yeah. That was, oof. Woof. Well, and, and, and also, you, you know, as well, the, the the series put a focus on, like, and we talked about this just a little bit ago, but, you know, thinking about it more now, you know, both Wanda and Vision were, were really side characters in the movies, you know, and, mm-hmm. and this series brought focus to two side characters, made them the, the main characters, and told a very touching story about, you know, grief and, and the way that, people process it and and you know there's always that that desire to to try to restore what you lost there there's a series uh i don't remember if i've used this for my in another thing but there's a series called black mirror uh that's mm-hmm. it's kind of a dark sci-fi twilight zone-ish sort of show and there's there's an episode you know that that focuses on actually ironically i think it's Haley atwell who played agent carter is is the main character in the episode 
Hmm. And I'm trying to think of the actor's name, Dominic something. I can't think of his name, but he played uh, Hux in, in the Star Wars post-queel. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah. And oddly enough, was also in Peter Rabbit, which was a trip when I saw that. I was like, what? That's Mr. McGregor? What the hell is going on? Yeah. yeah. And and the episode is basically so so the the I can't think of his name. I'll call him Hux. So so Hux is is the boyfriend to Haley Atwell's character dies in an accident. And the episode is about her exploring a technology that exists where through all of your you know spouse's interactions on social media they can reconstruct essentially a basically restore your your loved one to you so basically comes back as a human being and knows how to behave and act like that person all based on their social media interactions and just exploring how like over that episode you know in terms of dealing with grief and trying to restore what she lost how over time she starts to resent him Mm. and so it was just it was a dark take on it but but it reminded me a lot about that where you you, when you're in that place where now i have a i have yet to lose a very close family member to me i mean i have lost my like my, my, my grandparents and stuff but being in Chicago, you know, kind of living in in the Illinois area and being away from them, and you know, so sometimes you you it's not that you don't you know love your family members, but with distance comes a bit of distance. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. yeah, um, you know, and so so the the shock of it or or the power of it sometimes gets lost when when you're you know kind of apart. But to to go through that kind of loss. And to just, you know, feel the void of that person no longer being there. I think oftentimes humans want to restore that, you know, like we, mm-hmm. we, we want to have that person back, you know. And so I, I think this was a great story to be told of, of you know, through a comic book, you know, <laughs> yeah. hero, hero and heroiness, uh, you know, the, the process of going through that and just, you know, how it kind of moves the story forward for these two kind of side characters that really never got a lot of attention, but could really put out a really, um, uh, you know, touching story about love. Yeah. And I actually, I think what is interesting is that, and and this is something I would, you know, John Favreau, if I could just talk to you for a moment, because I know that you're a subscriber. Actually, I don't. There's no, John Favreau couldn't give less than a, less of a squat about this show. But anyways, uh, it, but if John Favreau, if I had a moment to speak to him after gushing about The Mandalorian and, uh, and then also probably making him sick about talking about, you know, what was it like to shoot the replacements? Um, then, because, uh, I mean, Danny Bateman is one of the greatest, like, football, like, sport flick movie characters ever. Uh, so I would probably say you need to take some notes for whatever it is that you you're thinking about doing about going back and righting the wrongs of Star Wars movies and all this whatever you're thinking of doing you need to go and take some notes on this show because over this over 9 episodes without dramatically I mean yes they're they're grafting some some elements onto Wanda's you know story and they're they're fleshing that out a little bit they actually managed over 9 episodes of TV to go back and retroactively make these characters more important within the stories that they were already kind of important in anyways, which is funny because, you know, the Avengers movies and everything are so huge and so many big characters and everything. You, you can kind of forget that 
you know, I mean, and I was nodding along when you're talking about Wanda and Vision of being side characters, but they're not really. I mean, in Age of Ultron, right? You know, I mean, Wanda is kind of an important part of that movie. Yeah. Not like a not like a central character. Vision is certainly an important part of the movie. Yep. But, yeah, you know, you, yeah, but they're not bigger than Iron Man and Thor and all. But then even getting into like Infinity War. That's the last Infinity Stone that Thanos needs is lodged in, in Vision's noggin. Mm-hmm. And you have that whole thing with the whole like arc of those two characters throughout that movie. And then kind of, you know, uh, even though Wanda doesn't show up until the end, she has that big moment at the end. And it's like she is an important character, but it's really easy to kind of get lost when you're dealing with these other characters. But now you after this, you're like, oh, wow retroactively it gives them more prominence which is an amazing feat to pull yeah you know and i is just i i i i hope and pray that that favreau would take some notes on this and not go whole hog on just trying to change everything it's like hey you know what you can actually do this and make some characters stand out a little bit more and yeah if you can if you want to diminish one or another, they just don't mention them, and they don't, and then they'll just kind of naturally all sort out. But you don't need to go in and like start slashing and burning. You can do this artfully, um, right? Right. Because that is one of my biggest fears about that project: is it's just going to go through and just start, you know, macheting out <laughs> things, and it's like, oh, it's going to be horrible. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I, that was one of the things that stands out to me: is oh my gosh, they they managed to really pull a nice little trick here, and it's. And and rightfully so. They're two delightful characters, you know, in a sitcom-y sort of way, and also in a way that, you know, well, she could probably bring about the end of human existence. So, you know, there's a there's a certain charm in that, I suppose. Of course. Of course. You know, as there is. Uh, another thing I really enjoyed from the episode was uh, I, I really enjoyed, I, I mean, the you know, the fights between the two visions was, was good and, and all that, but... What I really enjoyed was the conversation about the ship of Theses. Yes. Between yeah. Vision and uh, White Vision. Where am I? The pit of despair. Don't even think. <coughs> Don't even think about trying to escape. And 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 and, and I thought it was just you know again I, I hate to use the word I don't know if the word poetic is the right word to use here but. I thought it was poetic that you have on the one hand Wanda's fighting Agatha with with her magic and and you know that's really kind of a knockdown drag out sort of thing between the two of them. And then you got the two visions who are really just they're fighting but then the conclusion to their fight is basically an intelligent argument. <laughs> yeah, that's smart. Let me put it this way. Have you ever heard of Plato, Aristotle, Socrates? Yes. Morons. Well, but it, the funny thing is, when you think about it, it, it gives you the best of both worlds in both of those confrontations. Because in, right. in both of them, you get a you know with Wanda and Agatha, of course, you get a lot of flashy, flashy, hand wavy sort of you know yep. thing and and all that. And then with Vision and Vision, you get a lot of like you know synthesoid on synthesoid, like you know, kapow, Biff, Bam, mm-hmm. sort of rock'em sock'em robots. But both confrontations come down to which one can outthink the other? Yes. You fell victim to one of the classic blunders. The most famous is never get involved in a land war in Asia, but only slightly less well-known is this. Never go in against a Sicilian when death is on the line. <laughs> the 
because Wanda manages to outthink Agatha, and then and Vision manages to out or not not necessarily outthink. Although I guess he kind of does. He manages to outthink him and kind of imbues him or or brings back the memories of right. of who he is. Which now it's like, well, what becomes of that Vision now that he has these memories? Does that include the emotional memory? Right. You know. And now he pulls do we a have? Spock. Exactly. I mean, oh my God. Except, you know, it's not going to be driving, you know, poor, you know, bones nuts, you know, which is always a little dark part of that. Like, uh, you know, Doctor, I know this is going to rip your mind apart, but you've called me a green blooded hobgoblin so much, I don't give a damn. <laughs> <laughs> which, I mean, in some ways, I got, I can, I can actually respect that. As you much, can understand as much, what I've been going through. As much shade as McCoy threw in that Spock, Spock's probably like, you know what? Every dog has his day. It's my day now. <laughs> Try living me, with me inside your head. It's time to pay the bill. Yeah. Oh my gosh. But no, I, I, I think both of those confrontations. I agree. That was it. Was a it was a great way for those two characters to interact. Yeah. Well, that yeah. one character, I guess, in well, two bodies. And, and and intelligent argument's not the right way to put it. It, it. it was, it was two two synthesoids, and Vision was using logic. Yes. Like yeah. your primary mission is to destroy vision. But he's like, but I'm a conditional vision. You are the yeah. real vision. Yeah. And then he's like, explain. And then they go into this whole thing about ship of theses and about, you know, the whole idea of if, if you're slowly replacing all of the parts to the thing that you're trying to, you know, continue to keep in, in you know, restored and, you know, keep, keep it in, in solid condition. Is it still the thing? You know, when you replace mm. all the boards of the ship, is it still the ship? And. I just thought that was just such a great. It, it, it's a very visiony thing to do. You know what I mean? Yes. Like just to have that yes. character have. Again, I, I I I go back to that clip of of Vision and Ultron at the end where he's talking about humanity and their failings and and showing them grace and, and you know like he says there's grace in their failings or something. I mean, it's just a very intelligent mm-hmm. argument between these two that of course ends with Ultron getting obliterated. But but here. It wasn't about obliteration, but rather Vision looks at him as, you are the real me, and mm. you, they're keeping certain information from you, you know, that, that makes you go down this road. Let me give you that information. And and I really love the, the, the part where he asks permission, you know, where yes. he, he starts to move toward him and, you know, and, and the other Vision pulls back and he's like, you know, may I? And, yeah. you know, he says yes, yeah, and so then he does it. And it was just such a... I just thought that was just so, like just so well done the way they did that. Yes, yeah, that was that was really well done. The the the, the Agatha Wanda showdown very well done, and the idea that that Wanda doesn't doesn't destroy Agatha but just leaves her there, you know, almost like in a, in her own form of cold storage. Like if I need you, I know exactly where you are, and perfect, perfect, you know. Because I, I definitely want to see, you know, Agatha brought, you know, which is kind of like what Thor has done with Loki on occasion, yeah. you know. Yeah. So I'm I'm sure we'll, I, well, I'm not sure of anything after watching WandaVision, but <laughs> I'm hoping that we'll see more of Agatha Harkness in the very near future. Yes. Uh, what did you think about the uh, the post-credits or the, well, the mid-credit, yeah. Oh, the the, the two of them? Um, yes. I, I liked that it inv- you know I liked one of them involving Monica so you have some kind of idea of where they're going to take her character next uh in terms mm-hmm. of 
you know the the agent being a scrawl and i can mm. only assume the person she's ta- that that the scrawl was talking about was was nick fury uh, yes and and where where he's at up in space so so we see monica's you know there's something going on there uh the other one with wanda was interesting because that kind of goes into a doctor strangey kind of place where you have yes the physical wanda pouring tea for herself and then you have the astral projection of the scarlet witch going through the the dark hold uh you know book and clearly she's you know trying to do the learning that she needs to do to understand you know what what all this is about so i thought that was i thought both were just great great endings for for the show yeah now did did we talk about or did i hear this on a fat man beyond uh that wherever wherever the wherever dr strange uh in nepal or tim buck wherever it was katmandu uh that in that library there was a book missing from the, the, the Sorcerer Supreme's collection. Ah, yes. I had read something as well about that. And that that could be the book mm-hmm. that she has had. And, and and then, of course, the the voice of one of her kids kind of throwing things into a, yes. into a tizzy in that. Man, it's going to be very interesting how they play this out because I thought they were really going to turn her into a bad guy and start starting the multiverse thing there we'd see dr strange and that would then jump you into that but obviously they got a lot more patience than i do yes yeah because yeah. uh i would have had that like three episodes ago because i want to i'm just i'm selfish and i want more <laughs> but yeah i i thought both of those were were good it was i would have i really wish i'd saw i'd seen more of monica rambo however i i do not feel like she's going anywhere anytime soon so i'm confident that we will see her again yeah. uh, because yeah. i i really enjoy that character also i enjoy the the actor who is portraying her i can't remember her name at this moment but she was she was fantastic as well everyone in the show was really good down yeah. to like the down to like the the side characters and the people of the town just such great casting really good performances from everybody uh, just before we move on, uh, jumping back into the show, though, I, I did, uh, and you alluded to this with, with you know, both Wanda and Vision outsmarting their opponent, but uh, I, I did like the turnabout of Wanda, you know, not just, it, it looked like she was needlessly throwing magic out everywhere and, mm. and just kind of losing control and losing, you know, herself. And then you end up finding out that really what she was doing was laying out runes across the hex to now shut down what Agatha was going to do and then yeah. and by virtue of doing that defeat her which I thought was a nice turnabout given what you know Agatha did to her in episode 8 so oh uh, totally and and just you know one of those funny things of you know she hasn't been you know the scarlet witch for long but she she clearly is a fast learner so <laughs> so she mm. picked up on on that whole thing rather quickly yes 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 well, so now we're going to do a little update on our real, uh, the real or jabroni segment uh, that we did a couple episodes ago here, and we'll kind of catch up on. And, and Tim has kind of set this up, so he he had some opinions on what was the jabroni and what was the real, and I might have a few disagreements here or there. So uh, I'll let you lead in on this, but let's let's catch up and see what uh what was real and what was jabroni. Make him humble. Yeah, and 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 to be clear, uh, when when I read off if it's the real or the jabroni, it is not based on what we answered. It was based yes. on what actually happened in the episode. So yeah. Because uh, neither of us has the patience or the time to go back and actually see what we said. <laughs> yeah, our, our our interns were asleep at the wheel, so um, <laughs> we just said, "Okay, the heck with it. We're just going to go this way with it." 
So the first statement was that Tyler Hayward is really Ultron disguised as a human, a la Men in Black's Edgar suit. I mm-hmm. uh, I labeled this the jabroni because clearly Ultron did not show up in any way, shape, or form in this series. Agreed. Although, I mean, eh, there's still a possibility, uh, very thin, extra- like a thin possibility <laughs> that. Say that again? Huefa thin. Huefa thin. <laughs> I love it. I love it. But yeah. yes, I will agree. That is that is jabroni. Mm-hmm. The second statement. Something happened to all the kitties in Westview. Now, I labeled this as the jabroni because I think when we talked about it, there was something about, I, I don't know if I'm confusing this with, you know, like the whole city would become mutants or there was something going on there. But clearly... Not a lot. That wasn't really a focal point of episode seven through nine explaining what happened with the kids. So I, I labeled it this way. I'm guessing you you take issue with this. Not really. I mean, it's because the original thought was that in the blip, all of the all of the parents blipped out and the kids were left. And then that something had happened to the kids and that all the kids were, well, you know, not there anymore. That all the kids were dead, essentially, mm-hmm. and that all of the parents were then in in mourning for their their children when they come back. That was really the chances of Marvel actually doing that were pretty slim because that, yeah. that that heads into an extraordinarily dark place. But uh, I, I think this is like two thirds jabroni and one third the real because Monica really was just keeping all the kitties up in the room until up in their rooms until. She needed them, and then you saw, like, in episode nine, one of the people when they woke up was just like, "Just let my daughter out of the out of her room, or send them away, get them out of here," you know, things like that. Like, obviously, the kids were just kept almost in storage somewhere until they were needed for the Halloween episode, like you know, Fietro mentioned, right? And or you know, when you know, they just they were necessary for one of these storylines that her chaos magic was maintaining. So, I mean, there was something that happened to him. It just wasn't nearly as tragic and dark as uh, as what one of the rumors was. Yes. Yes, agreed. And I like how we're now dealing with the jabroni in thirds. Yes. Yeah. Well, I mean, hey, I, I, like, to, I like to slice that kind of thin. What can I say? Parse it out, if you will. Wafer thin. Wafer thin. Uh, the third statement, the use of tritones in the WandaVision theme song hints at Mephisto. Yeah, not only I, was this I labeled jabroni, this as the jabroni because we saw no Mephisto. Yeah, not only was this jabroni, it was out and out hooey. And I will <laughs> I will say it, it was out and out hooey, sir. Or if we keep it within the theme of the shiki, it would be hakpuy. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yes. <laughs> yeah, that was that didn't turn out. The people who were like all into Mephisto showing up, oh my goodness, those people are just eating a whole bowl of disappointment they yeah they, they are they are not happy campers get used to disappointment no those are the people who are, who are ranting on on the interwebs right now now everyone else is pretty happy that's not to say that in the last uh end credit scene with wanda when she hears the kids you know calling out mom it's not to say mom, mom. that Mommy. this isn't Mommy. leading in that Mommy. direction toward mephisto Mama. Oh, no, totally could. I mean, Mephisto definitely exists in the Marvel Universe somewhere, somehow, because, I mean, comics are always fair game. Right, but as part of the show on Division, no mas. Mommy! Mama! Mama! 
Mama. What? Hi. <laughs> yeah, no, as far as like, oh, it's the dog. It's the dude with the mustache. It's, the, you know, it's this person. It's Dottie. It says, no, 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 and no. No. You're wrong. So that is the jabroni. Uh, yes. The hex around Westview is an interstellar and interdimensional jump point. Jump! I did not see Adama. I did not see the Battlestar. I am labeling this the jabroni. Yeah, that was a that was a thing that I got awfully excited about that added up to exactly <laughs> nothing. I mean, nothing. <laughs> I was. I was I was on board with that one if I remember correctly, and that that turned into Jack Squat. Mm-hmm. You're wrong. So yes, you, emphatically jabroni. You can see how creative we as fans were getting in terms of theories and rumors. Oh yeah. Oh boy. Uh, next, the new Pietro is actually Mephisto. Well, now what do you have this as? I have this as the jabroni. He is simply I, John Boner. Yeah, oh gosh, how tragic. How tragic. Although I will say maybe it's a callback to Growing Pains, you know, they're going what was it? What was the the character's name was Boner, but I mean, what was it? Like Stabone was the yeah, name so, was the last like name that. or something? Yeah. 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 Oh, oh, I'm sorry, Ralph Ralph Boner, not John Boner. Okay. Well, I mean, still. Cuz that uh, makes uh, it better. <laughs> Uh, a, a boner by any no never mind let's just oh, not go there Moses. let's just not go there shall we um oh, the thing is i am i'm in agreement however there is a chance whiff a thin as it might be <laughs> i love how this that, is the phrase now <laughs> that that could be like mephisto like i'm i'm this one again like it is I'm I'm only I'm only doing this so that I can like if if this actually ends up somehow paying off down the road I can say aha I had it. Uh, chances are I don't have it because quite honestly uh, I'm an idiot and that's why this show is called that. But I mean it, it could have been just all played off. But yeah, no, this is more than likely like 99.8% like sanitizer level like mm-hmm. you know percentages. This is jabroni. Ah, uh, I agree. So this one's interesting. Hayward is the MCU's version of Stryker. I actually put this as the real. If only because we find out at the end of the day that he has essentially doctored footage to get Wanda in trouble. He has Mm. essentially done everything up to this point to lead to the bringing back the restoration of, as a sentient weapon, the emotionless vision. Mm-hmm. And in some ways, I, I think that kind of plays into what Stryker was with X-Men, where he was, you know, experimenting. He was trying to, to grow weapons and did so in, in nefarious ways. And so I kind of I'm stretching here a little bit, but I feel like this isn't as much of a stretch uh, because of, of what we end up finding out as being Hayward's true motivations with the vision. Yeah, I can see that because the thing is he part of the thing with with Stryker's character is he does not like mutants. Mm-hmm. And you you find out that it, you know, he doesn't like mutants and then his kid turned out to be a mutant, um which is uh, an odd thing and and doesn't well, doesn't doesn't work out well for anyone involved. Let's just leave it at that. Yeah. And uh and obviously Hayward does is not fond of Wanda in right. this. Right. 
and whether that's played up for you know effect or whether it's genuine like her his dislike of her is kind of what's fueling that so yeah i can i can see that because it comes out of i don't like this type of person you know whether it's enhanced or a magic user or a mutant and that is what is driving me is my bias against this person right right um, so yeah, I could I could see that. I was I was going to disagree with that one a little more strongly, but you won me over. What ah, can I say? Sold him. Uh, sold. I'm a soft soft touch. Let me tell you. That was not Wefathin. No, no, that was that was like Texas toast. <laughs> I don't know. I'm I'm starting to get hungry now. Texas <laughs> toast. <laughs> oh jeez. All right. I'm telling you. Next one. Late night late night snack, and it's going to be a crap night of sleep, but my belly's going to feel good. <laughs> He knows the results, but he doesn't care. <laughs> hey, you know what? Sometimes you just, you gotta, a man's gotta do what a man's gotta do. Oh, boy. Uh, yeah. Next statement. Monica's aerospace friend is Reed Richards of the Fantastic Four, and I put this as the jabroni. Yeah, although it's still a little bit odd that when she says, you know, I know a guy, which right. I mean... There's there's plenty of people who use that expression of like oh yeah you guys and there's there's guys and girls and it's just kind of a general it's almost like dude dude yeah. is now you know it's kind of unisex in in a, in many senses however in a TV show like this really hard for me to believe that that doesn't go somewhere right because right. you know she's talking about her aerospace friend. But it didn't. It wasn't really an implication of like, oh, and we're going to meet him here. She just said that she had an aerospace friend who was interested in who would be interested in it. Mm-hmm. I I think there's a there's a good chance that this could be the real. I really do. I think uh, out of all the things that I'm going to argue with, this one is the least wafer thin. This is a the, probably the the meatiest one that I can get a hold of. That I think this could still wind up kind of crossing paths. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see where they go. I mean, if Monica's going into space, then I don't know if you can still get her, you know, connected up with Reed Richards or not, but we shall see. Well, I mean, the thing is, that is the original, the original Fantastic Four origin story is that they go into space and that's how they get their powers. And it would explain why S.W.O.R.D. is grounded now. Mm. Um, was there, was that the, the accident or the thing that happened that, that grounded S.W.O.R.D. from the doing further missions in space? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. All right. Uh, do you have Glorious queued up? Because this one we knocked out of the park, my friend. And uh, <laughs> you know, I'm 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 gonna play this one up like like we were geniuses. <laughs> Agnes is really Agatha Harkness, the witch. Thank you. Glorious. No, I won't give in. Thank you, everyone. We yes, the, winner, winner, of, chicken dinner. One of the worst kept secrets Shh. on the interwebs and in the Marvel Universe. Come and on, we got man. It. You're right. Hey, you know, even a broken watch is right twice a day, so oh, I'll take boy. it. Good Lord. Yeah. That no, one no, was no, the real. One. We got it. We got the real on that one. We did. We did. And then we get to the final two. Nightmare has Wanda trapped and is drawing energy from her. And I put on this one the jabroni. 
Not only is this jabroni, it's a jabroni the size of Hulk Hogan, if we're going with the Iron Sheik. <laughs> he was a punk. Sort of thing. This is this is just complete, complete hooey and horse pucky all together. Nowhere did we see a nightmare uh, other than, well, I don't know. The show was really good. I don't think there was any part that was I would call a nightmare. Not really, no. Um, oh, other than you count the part where you see, like, you know, zombie vision for a moment, but... Uh, yeah. That that was kind of weird, especially in the Brady Bunch house. That was odd. Um, mm. And uh, you know, it's kind of funny though. If we had switched this from Nightmare to Agnes, would we be closer to the real? You know, you are correct there. I hadn't thought of it that way. Although, I mean, the the idea is that Nightmare draws energy through like the dream dimension, ah, and, and Agnes okay. does draws the power in a much more direct way. But it is, I mean, along the same lines, although. I mean, yeah, I could see a, I could see a very tenuous link there. Yeah, I mean, hey, why not? We're, we, uh, we, we pretty much traffic in tenuous links. So why that's not? right. And <laughs> you know, it, it, it is true that I think Agatha, uh, in, in a lot of ways, has to provoke in order to really, you know, leverage what her power is, which is to absorb mm. magic from from people. So. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. So so drawing energy is really not what she. I mean, she does draw energy, but she has to provoke in order for that energy to be thrown her way. So that is true. Very true. Very true. So this stays the jabroni, and then finally, uh, you know, jabroni, jabroni, jabroni all around. Everyone in Westview could become a mutant thanks to the hex. I put this as the jabroni because as the show ends, uh, this this has not happened. However, I have a feeling Uncle Todd is going to. Talk about some Chowefathin theory. Go ahead. No, no. Actually, on this one, this one is out-and-out malarkey. Oh, okay. I thought you were going to have some serious debate with me here, my friend. Well, like I said, the ones I was going to debate on, you turned me around before I even got a chance to really argue. Yeah. uh, Obviously, you know, people in Westview are not mutants. I mean, I, you could make the case of, oh, well, maybe they still are, and it could show. It's like, yeah, I think MCU's got bigger fish to fry than to take us back to Westview for, for in a, in a movie or something else. Like, there's other stuff that's rolling now. I don't, I don't think we're gonna get back to Westview real soon, and and, and that's about the only way that works. So I, yeah. I'm gonna yeah. say you are absolutely correct in calling that jabroni. So, in the end, all of the theories we talked about, and and we touched on this in our earlier discussion. In the immortal words of the Iron Sheik, Hapui! Yes. We need to get in on this, sir. We need to get in on this. We're not on the ground floor, but damn it, we're, we'd be close. We can, we can make some money. Make money, money, make money, money, money. Apparently, you can just throw whatever ideas out there you want, and they count as rumors. <laughs> so Draw me money. I mean, Lando Calrissian would love this as a business model. <laughs> Hello, what do we have here? <laughs> exactly. And another thing. So what do you got going this week for and another thing, sir? Uh, well, I, I, you know, I say this one not not with shame because it's a bad show, but I, I'm coming to the realization I'm not reading as much as I once had. <laughs> <laughs> because all of my and another things are, are, are TV shows I'm watching. <laughs> so, so I come with a little bit of shame uh, to, to discuss uh, a delightful show, uh, Keenan on NBC, happens to be in the same hour as Young Rock, which I had talked about in our last episode. Mm-hmm. But I am a huge Keenan uh, Thompson fan. I, I love his work on Saturday Night Live. He is, he is just hysterical, just absolutely hysterical. And uh, 
uh, most recently a couple of weeks back doing a great bit on weekend update as uh, Lavar Ball uh, from uh, Bi- from from Big Baller <laughs> Shoes or whatever. Oh jeez! And he, he is, it's just so funny to watch. Uh, maybe we can post a link in the show notes to this. But he he used to do a bit called um, uh, uh, "What's Up with That," which was just mm-hmm. uh, oh my gosh, is just just go on YouTube and, and waste about an hour watching them. They're absolutely <laughs> hysterical. Uh, just 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 so you have shame about all these TV shows you're watching, and then you're encouraging your bad habits in others. Well, you know maybe maybe you know all like like all all boats rise right with 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 the water. So if I can just so get it, more people doing all this, all boats I sink. <laughs> you're just trying to bring everyone down to your level. Wow, how noble of you. Oh, well, actually, wait a minute. Now that I think about it, that's kind of been the history of this show. Well, you know. <laughs> forget forget I said anything. But in this Carry show, on, sir. But in this show um, he, he plays, uh, shockingly, uh, uh, a father named Keenan, who's juggling a high-profile job as host of Atlanta Morning Show and raising his two girls. As Keenan tries to move on because he is now a widowed dad, uh, his father-in-law, who of all people is Don Johnson, and his brother wait, Chris wait, Red. What? Uh, what? I'll, I'll jump back to that in a second. But Chris Red, also of Saturday Night Live, hysterical, absolutely hysterical. So it's basically uh, Chris Red plays his brother, Don Johnson plays his father-in-law. What the <laughs> hell was that? So yes, Don Johnson is is in this show, basically playing the the drunkard father-in-law. So, <laughs> so wait a minute. So we get David Sims. In in this kind like of get, okay all right kind of so the show centers on the familial relationships as Keenan tries to reclaim his life after his wife's death so uh, so it, wow. it's it, it's a family show it's it's a funny show and uh, you know the the episodes we've seen thus far have been have been you know just really funny and and very very well done so I am going to recommend this show again I'm 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 trying to to break my habit of being. A decade behind the curve when it comes to <laughs> pop culture and, and television shows. Damn you, old man! In the process, it's costing me my ability to read, so um, I, I think I need to reevaluate my values at this point. So <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's funny that all the TV you're watching is making you reevaluate those things and not doing this podcast on a weekly basis with nah, me. No, this is fine. I, no, no issues I, here. <laughs> If we had an office pool going, I would have definitely picked this as the catalyst for oh, that reevaluation. Good lord, good lord. And what, oh, sir, do you have for your and another thing? Well, I have absolutely no problem with being way behind the curve because my my recommendation this week is a uh, is all about a movie that came out almost a, uh, over a quarter of a century ago. So. Why the hell not? It's uh, As You Wish, Inconceivable Tales from the Making of the Princess Bride by Carrie Elwes and Joe Layden. Um, this, of course, Carrie Elwes was the actor who portrayed Wesley, uh, and uh, well, Wesley slash the Dread Pirate Roberts, the man in black. Hello, I'm Johnny Cash. And uh, some, I, I got, I've, I've not read the entire book. I was actually handed this book this morning when I had nothing else to read, and it was kind of, I... I, I've I've tried to follow the advice of Stephen King, where he basically carries a book with him everywhere. Yeah, everywhere. Like even when they show him during like Red Sox games, you know, back when we could actually go to live sporting events, and he would be sitting in the stands and he would read in between pitches, in between batters. He would like in, he would like read a couple sentences, then he'd look up, he'd watch the action, and then he'd go and he'd read. He he would read throughout the baseball game. 
Wow. And he does this everywhere he goes. And he talks about it um, in his book on writing. And he talks about learning how to read in sips instead of gulps. Mm-hmm. You know, that you can, if you just learn to take in a couple of sentences and you can keep your place and that you just learn to digest a story that way, he's like, you can kind of escape into a book at any given moment. Uh, which I've tried to kind of do to always have a book with me. I don't always end up picking it up, but I try to have it at the ready. And today I was caught without a book, uh, ashamedly, much to my own shame. And a friend of mine was like, oh, hey, I've got a book. I I just started it, but go ahead and, you know, you read it because I'm not reading right now and get it back to me when you can. So I started this book this morning. I'm probably 50, 60 pages deep in it. And it's a very, it's a very quick and enjoyable read. Um, And it is all about the experience, kind of like how he got the part in the movie and then overall just the making of the movie. And it's very well written in a, in a, I don't want to say like saying it's a quick read kind of is short selling it. It's, it's a very easy to read. Mm. It's written very conversationally and very, it keeps you just going because it's just like a, just one long yarn that's being unwound for you. And I love the the movie, the princess bride um, because again, it's one of those movies. It just gets passed down. Like the first time my daughter saw it and loved it, I was just like, ah, I've done my job as a parent. You're on your own now, kid. (laughs) But, uh, just just very enjoyable and I can't wait to to get into some of the Andre the Giant stories because those are just always good yes. uh, if I if yes. I can find the link to it I will I will post in the show notes a story that Carrie L. West had told about uh, going drinking with Andre in New York City, which is hilarious, <laughs> as as is pretty much every Andre drinking story yes. uh, uh, just hilarious but also just no that really couldn't have happened could it yeah and like many Andre the Giant stories, of course it happened. And I can uh, concur with you, with your assessment thus far. And and uh, you know, as I mentioned uh, prior in, in in our pre-production meeting, my family had listened to the audiobook of this on one of our uh, long car rides out to the East Coast. Really enjoyed it. it and what was interesting about the audiobook is that it was uh, like all the different you know actors and actresses, directors, producers, wh- whoever you know, that was really involved with it, um, was reading their, their own parts. So you had Billy Crystal, you had mm. Rob Reiner, you had uh, Mandy Patinkin. And yeah, wait till you get to the Andre stuff because that that was, it was just so cool to just hear all of them have this common theme and thread that, that you know, Andre was just this larger than life character. And, you know, when you, when you met him, you just, it, you just couldn't believe him, you know, and, and just, mm. but, but just how gentle he was, you know, and, and, mm-hmm. and also, you know, how, how sick he was, he was kind of turning a, a corner for the worse in terms of his health yeah. at that time. And, um, as, as you, as our listeners may have heard on some of, you know, if, if you're someone who enjoys Princess Bride and have, have watched the documentaries or, or some of the specials and, or read articles about it, you know, there, there's scenes where, uh, like, I think it's a scene where, where Buttercup jumps from, from the castle window and, and Andre catches yeah. her. And, you know, she basically had to be lowered by wires because he, he really couldn't, you know, catch her. You know, I mean, it, yeah. I mean, first of all, it was a stunt. But second of all, he, he really was not in good shape and, and, you know, couldn't really do the work that was being asked of him. And so... So yeah, so so there was just a lot of interesting sort of tidbits about him in there, um, but but just the fact that it's just the same theme from everyone about just just how lovable and and just what a what a great human being he was 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 just really cool to kind of hear from all of them. So 
So now that I've spoiled it for you, uh, just enjoy. But uh, but <laughs> I'll I'll jump on this it. and and yes, re- you know certainly as you're saying, read the book. But I I would also recommend the audio book because it was a real real joy to listen to. Well, you know, I I actually do enjoy reading, and I I make time for it in my life because I like to be a well-read individual. Thank you. Oh uh, no, I'm and I'm kidding. I <laughs> I. I would highly endorse the audiobook as well because honestly audiobooks are just as valid as reading. I mean mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. you know either one whatever whatever you have time for and whatever you enjoy more because there's certainly audiobooks that have been out there that are well done and and might even actually enhance the the experience of the book itself. So by all means we are not prejudiced against one or the other uh, just read or listen or ingest some of the written word Indeed. however it may come to you. Indeed. So now we've come to uh, the end of our excursion here through the Idiotacy. And once again, we thank you for tuning in and for listening and bearing with us all of this time. Uh, And I say that primarily for myself and not for my highly astute colleague who is always making great points. And I'm just here just mucking everything up. Ah, come on. Then that's the reason why I do the edit, so that I feel like I can go through with a mop afterwards and clean up. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like... I feel I owe it. Not that I can really clean up anything I said to a degree, but at least I feel better because I'm like, well, I kind of feel like I did my menial labor and, you know, I I assuage my own guilt, I suppose. (laughs) I don't mean to be sharing more than more than I really should here, but I just felt like I owed it. And you know what? Since we do refer to this as the free range idiocy congregation, I felt a little confession was in order. There we go. Uh, so thank you for listening, and if you would like to listen to some more, you can, of course, go to freerangeidiocy.com. That will take you to the page that has all of our episodes. Go through, download those all two, three times, help get our numbers up. I mean, we're not making any money off of this, so at least boost our pride a little and make us feel like we're doing something on this little mud ball that's rotating around the sun. You can also subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts. We are on Spotify as well. And uh, if you have any questions, concerns, thoughts, things you would like us to expound upon, which no one ever asks us to do that anyways, but if you happen to and you have, you're a glutton for punishment, go right ahead, send those to Tim at freerangeidc.com and he will respond forthwith, if not sooner, and you can also find us on the social medias because... Damn it, we love us some us. Just find us over there on, on Facebook. We are on Instagram. We are on Twitter. All of those are at Free Range Idiocy. Mm-hmm. And I believe I've just covered about everything in record time. Normally, I drag this out. But the business is now taken care of. And now it's it's time for me to kind of kind of grab a seat and just uh, to hand this over to to my my partner in crime here and as I as I do that I, I as usual I like to think back on the entire show and and just try and imagine like all the things we talked about all the information that we've 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 ingested and then vomited out on the on the population in general and I like to think what the hell did we learn today well my brother we have learned the following okay good. we have learned that Darth Maul is returning, and hopefully in a consistent and, and sensible way, <laughs> considering uh, as we discuss the the different timelines and or not timelines, but different occurrences that have gone on in the Star Wars universe up to this point with him. Mm-hmm. Looking forward to seeing him wielding the double bladed lightsaber again. Uh, Marvel content. We are uh, let's let's face it, folks. Twenty twenty was quiet. 2021 it's gonna be a big old party a lot of stuff Race coming our way a lot of impact. stuff packs so buckle up batten down the hatches marvel's coming and there's gonna be a lot of good stuff which also means 
material for us to talk about. So, <laughs> oh yes, yes it does. <laughs> and uh, you know, thirdly, uh, Wandavision, great show, great show. Uh, shame on all of us fans for 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 trying to layer and throw more into this this show than than needed to be. This this was kept simple. It was kept. No 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 no. no. Hang on a second. We have our own rumor site. I don't want to. I don't want to dissuade these people. I'm, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm getting longer to that. than I'm rumors. Getting to that. Hold on. Longer than rumors. Oh, do it. Do it. <laughs> Do it. Uh, but but great show all around. Just again, a, a unique and fun, entertaining piece of content to check out, and and just great storytelling with with two characters that, like as we had said, you know, kind of uh, not given the focus, but but here in this series, given plenty of focus and told a very heartwarming uh, and very good story. So do check it out. It it was fun, and uh, I, I look forward to see what we're going to get with. The Falcon and the Winter Soldier uh, coming up here soon. And finally, we have learned, Uncle Todd and myself, we need to get into the rumor mongering business. There, there's clearly an opportunity we're missing here. Oh, it, oh yeah, we are. It's like the wave of the future. So, so we we will be uh, considering how we can contribute to to, to this uh, this this industry because man, there, there's some people who are coming up with some stuff that really just doesn't have a lot to it. So. Yeah, hey, but why not us? Why not us? So with all that being said, we want to thank our, our listeners. Uh, you know, just thank you for your, your listenership. Thank you for uh, committing to the the, the voyage of, of the idiocy that, that we make every week. And uh, uh, we will be coming up with new and exciting ways to present uh, rumors. And <laughs> <laughs> basically the same old crap. <laughs> I don't. I don't want to lie to people. Just be right up front with you. Same old uh, practice in a different package each week. <laughs> Keep coming back. That is what our pre and post production meetings are all about. So, with all that being said, be safe, be healthy, be kind, be good to one another. And you know, it's getting warmer, and uh, Uncle Todd likes to put that fire out there on, in, in the backyard, likes to get the fire pit going, have a little oh, bourbon, yeah. relax a little oh, bit. Yeah. So uh, he needs to be saving those quarters. So please, hit the lights on your Did you give me my cheese wheels, boy? And you know what? I just heard a rumor. Robert Downey Jr. is going to be in the new Buck Rogers movie. He's going to be that little robot that was just like, that's what he's going to do. What? Yeah, he's he's going all method. He's actually sawing his legs off at the knees. <laughs> That's the rumor that I heard. Oh, good lord! <laughs> I'm telling you, we'll put that on the internet. It'll be all over Twitter. We're, we're open hours. for business, folks. We're open for business. <laughs> yes. Ah. <laughs> oh. oh goodness Just gracious! Just bringing that sweet, sweet, sweet internet money. Oh, that my rumor gosh. money. <laughs> I want it, need it, gotta have it. Ah, <laughs> oh, have we no shame? <laughs> No, no. <laughs> you haven't figured that out over almost two years of this show yet? <laughs> Hell no, we got no shame. Oh, Johnny, I apologize. I forgot you were there. You may go now. <laughs>